1: This week, we're going to look at creators' explanations for the power of cheers, chants, slogans, and protests. Bit of a mouthful there, Carl, but it's all about what comes out of our mouths collectively.
2: Well, it's an interesting discussion in terms of the power of consciousness, which is a kind of a deeper perspective, a a scientific one, really, that people rarely think about. There are spiritual perspectives as well with some of the new age thinking that we can do anything we want with our minds, which really is wishful thinking, unfortunately, but there is power there. So it's it's wise for us to figure out what we can do, what we can't, and also what we might do ill-advisedly with our thoughts and our gestures and our public utterances and so on. So, you know, like everything else, it matters. Yes. The good from the bad. We need to discriminate and
1: understand what we're doing. And it's all on record. (laughs) U.S. Creator, we have learned from previous channelings about the power of collective thought. We know the interlopers have a grudging respect for the power of collective human thought, as they have witnessed otherwise inexplicable results manifest in response to it. And so we have learned they have tried to discourage this as much as possible. They look upon prayer, and especially collective prayer, in this light, while thinking the target of such prayer is non-existent nonsense. Can creators summarize for us the power of collective human thought, backed by intention, but lacking the element of entreaty to the divine? All right,
2: and this is what I channeled from the creator of all it is in answer. Thought done by humans alone is not without energy, And energy has within it a kind of power. Thoughts are a creation. They are an energetic creation. And as such, persist. In a sense, they are a transforming of energy through adding content in the form of information. And that becomes launched automatically as a thought. For that is the the process of thinking in a nutshell. The energetic creation of thoughts. It happens automatically because you are creative beings as extensions of the divine to begin with. Why should that not be the case? But as a human in physical form, your energies are heavily suppressed and attenuated with respect to intensity and reach both. This is a deliberate choice to have the current experiment underway within an environment where you are constrained. While this reduces your ability to change things for the better, it also reduces your ability to harm things for the worse. So this is not strictly a handicap, but simply a description of your current state of being. The important thing is to learn and grow despite the limitations and learn because of them important lessons about responsibility and the use of power. Especially because you are so disconnected in the awareness of us and are essentially on your own most of the time with respect to your perceptions and assumptions that are not necessarily true, but functionally play out that way because it is your expectation. So this is already an illustration of human thought and its consequences. Your energy of intention can be directed anywhere, but the energy it is directing will have limits. This is only natural, but as we have stated, it is limited to begin with, and that is just as well. What we are alluding to is that the energy of thought becomes much more a local phenomenon because it lacks the power of a great reach to go out great distances and carry with it an important enterprise within, with a wherewithal to bring it about. This is akin to the difference between thinking and acting. Between a daydream and a constructive, purposeful enterprise conducted in the physical realm with elbow grease and skin in the game, so-called sweat equity. But thoughts, nevertheless, can influence things. So, being local, they, first of all, impinge on and influence the self. And that is their greatest impact, for better or for worse. As self-condemnation can be cruel and devastating and is all too frequent a consequence of human struggling, suffering, and conclusions one has failed. Human thoughts can influence others to some degree as well. And we will be discussing that today, that when you launch thoughts forth, they can have an energy and momentum that finds a target and produces a consequence that is beneficial or harmful as the case may be. Thoughts go into a repository, a collective unconscious repository. Part of your mind surveys this repository on a regular basis to see how things are going in the culture. What is brewing? And look for things that match one's own ruminations, that harmonize or are in resonance and perhaps can inform a person and be a source of inspiration, encouragement, and support. That can backfire because bad thoughts will find other people's bad thoughts and those too will harmonize and resonate and be self-reinforcing. So people sharing their collective misery will lower the vibration of things working together in common cause even though randomly and not purposefully, and nonetheless, it will happen. So groups of people, through the power of their focus on something, can help to get others inspired and get moving, and in that way, change things for the better. And it is a slow and uncertain process for the most part, but nonetheless helps with fine-tuning. So as a resource, human thoughts are better at informing than changing things. They convey knowledge and information about a circumstance more so than a force to deal with it and change things for the better, at least on their own, without a physical action of some kind. This is something people struggle with mightily in differentiating the roles here of thought versus action. As you indicated in your question, what confuses the interlopers is the hidden presence of the divine that knows all human thoughts and when invited to the party can weigh in mightily and make changes for the better that are falsely attributed somehow to human mass consciousness when that is only part of the story. You are simply launching the hidden power you command being an extension of the divine and knowing God will hear you. This was
1: such a fascinating answer. Um and you know the new age movement, you know, tells us that our thoughts are things, it's powerful and we can create our own reality and all this stuff which which makes our thoughts sound like a rocket ship. But really creators saying it's more like a skateboard. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Instead of a rocket ship. And it has a more local usage. And you can hurt yourself with a skateboard quite readily, you know. But uh it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, you can fall out of bed. It it's been known <laughs> to happen.
2: But it's not the cosmos that's creating that reality of yours. It's your own doing and sometimes not doing. And if you don't get out of bed soon enough, there are consequences. Life can intrude and (laughs) obligations and promises and all of it. But we, we need to understand that we're missing an opportunity when we don't
1: engage with the divine. And that's, I think, an important bottom line here. Oh, absolutely, and I think it's fascinating that even the interlopers are confused on that point. And well, they're atheists. Yes, and yes. they under they underappreciate the fact we do have this secret weapon at our disposal, yeah, and they attribute it to us, which is a false attribution. So it's an interesting dynamic. U.S. creator, anyone who watches sports knows the power of the home field advantage. And Creator share with us how this works and its underlying dynamics in terms of energy, intention, and, and consciousness, and why it can make such a difference in competitive contests. All right, and
2: Creator tells us, this is widely presumed to be familiarity with the surroundings, feeling at home, literally. So there is a comfort level compared to the somewhat stressful circumstances of being on the road, and then also thrust into hostile territory the home ground of one's opponent, as opposed to having a cheering section of one's compatriots, where the balance of the spectators will be for the home team, simply due to constraints for many in making a trek to a competitor's arena. So there will be some lesser energy from a cheering section when one is on the road than when one is playing on their home ground where their fans live nearby. These factors are only part of the story. The influences are assumed to be entirely psychological, with perhaps an emotional component that adds some intensity of feeling, along with the conscious perceptions of the environment and the relative difference between a home and an away game. What is missing from the discussion is the power of consciousness itself as an energy from thoughts and their intentions. In a sense, the love for the home team conveyed by the power of intention held in the spectators rooting for them will act like a blessing to inspire, to uplift, and to empower the athletes with encouragement that will be reassuring and a further inducement to do their best in an inner atmosphere of positive expectation and confidence. Those vibrations have a real impact on things and can all by themselves govern an outcome one way or another. There are many subtleties in the physical demands of sports where the emotional overlay, the ability to focus, and the fluidity of motion relying on instinct and the accumulated experience base will turn in a superior performance compared to one that is conducted by an athlete in the throes of anxiety Because they are fearing failure or doubting their own ability, and this interferes with the body by the conscious self looking for trouble, worrying about the state of being, and overthinking what they might need to do next. And their mind simply gets in the way of what the body could do quite smoothly on its own, just launched forth through muscle memory alone. That is what is happening when there is a successful pass reception in the end zone and the players make it look easy. That state of confidence and relaxation will be promoted by the positive thoughts and intentions of cheering fans and thus provide a living, breathing home field
1: advantage. Yeah, another another interesting channeling the creators uh you know, pointing out here that there's more than just a psychological effect going on here. There's actually an energetic effect, and that the, the the thoughts of the fans connect as a literal blessing. So this quite powerful stuff. Well, and I think it's it's
2: a feel-good moment to realize it's not just some kind of silly self-identification as a hanger-on. You know, you're in the stands, you're cheering for your team like it's really yours, and you're making it happen and you're one of them and they're one of you and 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 it's really a kind of uh, ego trip in, a, in from a certain perspective but there is a belonging there is a shared interest and that creates a tribe you know instantly by definition and so why shouldn't it have an energetic entanglement consciousness being what it is sure it moves around, it goes places, and it creates a kind of quantum entanglement with what it touches. So this this is a demonstration of how you can influence others in a collective
1: action, particularly. You know, we've asked in a previous uh, show um, <laughs> that you could even invite the divine into this equation, you know, to help your home team if you wanted to, you know, and it could make a difference. You know, so it's uh there's all kinds well, this, of options. This
2: is quite true. This is quite true. And it it's it's because the divine cares about us and cares about everything we do. And the limits on divine interaction are mostly defined by what we do or don't do. Right. So right. if and you don't pray for your team and they don't God's well, can't not going to show
1: up and help in any respect. Right. And we know that when God does show up, he's going to sh- help in a positive way. So he will help the players to be more confident and to, you know, uh, execute more precisely, you know, just in the way that he spelled out here that when a, a player is full of anxiety and not in the moment, uh, the, the play could, could go awry. And creator, by coming in due to a request can help alleviate some of that. So it can make a big difference. It's amazing stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, God's not going to play dirty tricks. That's really another way of saying it, I
1: guess. <laughs> US creator, a recent culture phenomenon is the chant or slogan, "Let's go Brandon." This came about in response to a NASCAR reporter saying the crowd was chanting "Let's go Brandon," when in fact the crowd was clearly saying "F Joe Biden." <laughs> If Joe Biden is clearly a curse, something, especially if chanted with intention and conviction. Let's go Brandon became code for that expletive chant and became popular to say in settings where other, the other phrase would be inappropriate. How genuinely harmful is such a slow, popular slogan to the President of the United States and his administration? All right, this is what Creator tells us. Well, such things are always hard
2: to quantitate, The point is that thoughts are things, the energy is real, the intention and its energy will persist, and when launched against an adversary, a target, the energy will find its mark. Such things can have a collective negative consequence for the intended recipient as they act as a psychic attack and such energies will drag a person down. It will lower their vibration and put them at some risk by increasing their vulnerability. So it produces a weakening and as such causes harm, both to the intended target and to those chanting the dark epithet. They, in effect, are a perpetrator and again will be seen as such by the law of karma that will bring around a form of punishment one day for their transgression. It may only be a verbal assault, but it is an assault nonetheless. It is wishful thinking that words will never hurt you, but only sticks and stones. Words may not tear the flesh, but they can tear the mind and heart and do just as much damage in the end. No such attacks are in divine alignment, and being ignorant of this is not an excuse that will protect you from
1: retribution karmically. Well oh, that's <laughs> that's a powerful warning there from Crater, you know, and uh, something that I'm sure a lot of people don't consider when they engage in this kind of thing, um, and it, it's it's very popular, you know. I'm sure you've seen signs around and have run into this thing, uh, but it's it's interesting to to sit back and and kind of survey this and realize that, you know, it may not be as lighthearted as it comes across. It's actually quite sinister in some ways. Well, it's an example of
2: poor conduct, I guess. Uh, yeah, and and being impolite and and being kind of heartless in the moment, and and even cruel in a sense. I mean, if you did that to someone's face, it would be a cruel act. So it, you know, when you're just kind of anonymous in a crowd, and the president isn't in attendance, and so on, it seems harmless, but in actuality, that energy of consciousness goes to its target still. And yeah. it also loops back around and will cause harm to the perpetrator. Right. So the idea is not to, you know creator playing politics here and choosing favorites. It's about either you're in alignment or you're not. Either right. you're being kind hearted and loving in your relationships, at least at a at a minimum, cordial and respectful If you're not, you know, truly enamored of someone, but, you know, have a have a standard of conduct that doesn't
1: harm others. And that's that's what we're expected to to follow. Yeah. And that's really the point, I think, is that, you know, to say that it's probably a good idea to not, you know, join this party doesn't mean that you like. This particular president over the previous one or that uh, you agree with all everything that's coming out of Washington, you know, in fact, you might violently disagree and I might be with you and violently disagreeing with some of the things that are happening today. But there is a standard to be met in terms of how you go about attempting to make change. And this is probably not the the best way to try going about doing that is what we're hearing here. Well, I think that's the tank home message.
2: Exactly. Smearing someone is the lowest form of uh, politics, I guess, uh,
1: Other than a physical uh, attack of some sort. Right. (laughs) And even if it's deserved (laughs) at some level, you know, you still want to take the high ground. That's really, you know, creators always going to advocate taking the high ground, no matter what. Um, Because that's where the, that's, you know, we're really looking out for the best interests of both parties, especially in even the perpetrator. So to the extent that some of the things that are happening in Washington are certainly against our interest. We need to take the high ground in terms of, of responding to it, is really what's being said here. So, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. Uh, check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol eBook, which will lay out everything that this project is basically about. You can get that at GetWisdom.com slash LHP, GetWisdom.com slash LHP. And be sure to get our Empowered Prayer Book, because that's almost equally as important. And you can get that at getwisdom.com prayer. That's getwisdom.com prayer. And also get uh, our 10 Divi- Principles for Divine Living, which is a take on the Ten Commandments. You can get that at getwisdom.com 10, getwisdom.com 10. And we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this.
0: Back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. Where we're looking at creators'
1: perspective on cheers, chants, slogans, and protests. Um, basically, whenever there's a collective action on the part of groups of people coming together and kind of acting in unison, chanting and using cheering in unison, we're looking at the kind of the power behind that. And I think there's some surprising insights here, Carl. That's some things that people wouldn't expect.
2: Well, there's a reason people gather in large groups and there's a reason they turn to slogans and chants and might punctuate it with drumming and so on. It creates a momentum of energy and that is quite real and it has an impact. It's not always seen by observers, but it is felt inevitably by the target. Yes. They might turn a deaf ear, but it will take a toll in some respect. And if it's something that's not warranted and something that is over the top, it'll come back to haunt the instigator. Yep. So it, it's good to understand these things because uh, we're, we're, we're getting a different take on that old saying, you know, sticks and stones may hurt yeah. my bones, but names will never hurt me.
1: That's Turner true. It says not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> Words yes, matter, yeah. too. Absolutely. You yes, ask, Creator, one of, the more, one of the more signature components of any mass protest is the slogan chant. What do we want? Equality. When do we want it? Now. This is an example of such a chant. Many observers think such displays are a waste of time and have very little genuine utility when it comes to creating change. Yet it seems to arise spontaneously whenever people want something collectively. So there is a collective belief in its utility and even effectiveness in creating desired change. There was even a recent report of a march in New York where a group was chanting the above chant, but substituting the words, dead cops for equality. What can creator creator tell us about the true power behind protest slogan chants? All right,
2: and these are creator's words. The basic phenomenon being demonstrated with a group coming together and animating the assembly through chanting slogans can be one of inspiring, uplifting and engendering a unification in common cause to energize and persuade others through such a demonstration who may then take away a greater inner awareness and inner conviction and belief in the enterprise. So it is a kind of grooming of followers that is at once instructive, commanding, and a source of influence and potential control. When this is done for a lofty objective, It is a way to enhance and magnify individual power into a collective focus, and that can become a force to reckon with and get attention of many and help a cause become recognized and be taken seriously. If it is turned towards a dark purpose, a dark focus and intention that is non-divine, it can be equally damaging. So the power becomes perverted towards a dark goal that takes those participating out of divine alignment and may directly harm those exposed and influenced to the energies. And as happens always, perpetrators of wrongdoing will suffer doubly the negative consequences. The most sinister and harmful of consequences for such actions is is they are the stock and trade of interlopers using mind control manipulation to affect the vulnerable to become leaders and by way of example they draw others in. So demonstrations with slogans that affect the emotions can be a quite powerful persuasion to incite others present to adopt and even embrace a dark message and add their own energies And that will change them for the worse because the act they are carrying out serves as a kind of additional programming overlay. The emotion of the moment, the power of such messages, and the tapping into a natural desire of people to belong entices them and begins a process of training them to think and believe in dark thoughts and what they imply if acted on and carried to the next level. This amplifies the reach and power of evil to corrupt and that corruption will be lasting and become a springboard for more. There is always a good deal of variability in the susceptibility to such influences. Not everyone will become a hardcore hater in attending a demonstration where hateful slogans are used but it might well harden them to some degree and make it more likely they will accommodate such negativity and judgment of others in the future. And that is the purpose, to divide and conquer. The darkness wins no matter how people respond. If they join the hate field chanting, they become a perpetrator and an agent of the darkness. If they run away or recoil, They are simply self-declaring their victimhood and become an enemy, justifying the actions of the perpetrator in the twisted logic of those seeking power and control. So here again, we would say words matter and sometimes are a defining moment when people make a choice and thereby cross a line, redefining who they are.
1: Words do indeed matter. You asked Creator Carl, slogans, chants, and cheers are just such a natural part of collective human expression that few people really stop to ask, why are we doing this? Can Creator answer that for us? Why do we just naturally do this sometimes inexplicable behavior? All right, and this is
2: Creator's answer. The key here is the label of human behavior. Going along with a crowd is a quite human characteristic because it is a built-in part of your makeup. Being present when there is something at stake involving an emotional intensity among the supporters as well as detractors, this creates a setup for many kinds of interactions and that dynamic will trigger many deep instinctive and cultural role models and recall examples of how one behaves and acts under such circumstances. There are many, many human yearnings that feed into a group experience and the array of feelings and actions taken that will be the sum total of many factors. There are elements of power and control, elements of yearning to belong, to be accepted, to have compatriots, to be seen as an active participant and not a wallflower or someone left out and left behind. This flow of emotions and perceptions and personal feelings and desires will trigger all kinds of ways of responding, where some people will jump right in and begin shouting and may even push their way to the front of the line to lead the charge, while others will be content to be on the sidelines as spectators and might be too intimidated to participate or might not be a match at all to the kind of energies because of the agenda underway. There is a reason why the interlopers can be so successful to get mass movements going and demonstrations on their behalf, and often on a huge scale. They are using mind control always to make such events come about and be successful in influencing many, many individuals, even to the point of recklessness and illogical conduct. Always one reason this can be done so readily is that it does tap into human culture and human nature. But it is a mistake to think one is only seeing human nature on display, especially when things descend into rioting and acts of violence. There are darker influences afoot when those things happen, and it is often intentional and being engineered. So this is good to keep in mind. Humans, as always, are blamed for everything bad that happens, and of course, they are the ones caught in the act or whose fingerprints are at the crime scene. The hidden manipulators are nowhere to be found, nor will most people believe in such seeming conspiracy theories when such things happen day in and day out in all kinds of settings, large and small. At this point... No one is surprised, no matter how bizarre people act or extreme their behavior might be. And it is hard to convince people such things are engineered to happen.
1: <laughs> not not just hard, but <laughs> borderline impossible. Uh, but we're getting the emphatic message from Creator here that most protests are engineered. You know,
2: uh, yeah, people don't get excited. They don't want to spend their own personal time and effort and energy just going out and showing up in a kind of gathering and and really work at it yeah you know get caught up and get active and throw tons of energy and end up maybe exhausted in the end you know that takes a real strong motivation and by and large people aren't that engaged so something happens to
1: gin that up most yeah, of the time and and i've always thought that you know if i had a genuine interest in an issue i would rather spend my time really investigating that issue learning about it learning the fine points learning the legal ramifications how to how to actually go about creating change because in this country you create change by by laws right laws and policies and there's a whole way to go about doing that and I'd rather spend my time pursuing all those angles rather than going out and waving a sign and, and screaming top my lungs. But I'm in the minority. So there's something that's motivating all these other people that has been a, a bit of a confusing aspect for me.
2: <laughs> well, one of the best signs is whether people show up in huge numbers. That's very suspicious just in and of itself.
0: Yeah,
1: yep, indeed. US creator, collective singing not a manifestation of collective expression one of the most intoxicating moments of popular concerts is when the performing artists invite the audience to sing along with them what is creator's perspective
2: all right creator says we can tell you the reason this is so intoxicating is that the angels are singing with them music is divine and even the more primitive or simplistic musical genres if you will like pop music exists for a reason and tap into deep awareness and connection to musical sound and expression with a truly ancient origin and heritage that is a part of every individual's makeup when seemingly absent that is a consequence of corruption of some kind or some kind of damage that has been done to disconnect someone from their spiritual origins Expressing music in any form can tap into this heritage, and especially singing, because it is involving directly a deep interconnection to the music itself and using one's own physical body to produce it. The inability to express or join in will be because someone is out of alignment in some respect, but most people will resonate with any music to their liking and be raised up. And that will bring inner peace and joy because it is soothing at a minimum and exciting the more profoundly it touches the heart and soul. As an aspect of consciousness itself, communal singing has the same characteristics of any process involving thought done in unison. People will harmonize energetically with the intention and the content they want to convey. And this creates a very significant quantum entanglement, a joining together energetically of souls to be intertwined and sharing in a collective experience and expression of love, if only sonically in the moment. And that is a beautiful thing indeed.
1: <laughs> boy, we've, we've we've gotten some answers from Creator that are uh, a, bit, a bit instructive in not the most positive way, but boy tables are turned on this one creator is like this is the angels are singing with you this is divine stuff and and creator even said in a previous show that musicians are doing divine work period
2: yeah it's very true it's very very true we need music in our lives and that's the reason that it exists it is an expression of divinity everywhere it happens it can be perverted and used to support a dark purpose but that's no difference than dressing up if you're going to a satanic ritual and you want to look your best that doesn't mean clothes are evil or a bad <laughs> idea so i mean you have to know what you're talking about and look you know and, and look at the particulars and look deep enough to grasp all the elements involved but this, this is pretty universally true. Yeah. And even yeah. when music is perverted, it's a reminder there is still something lofty. And you can look beyond the immediate use of it right. and, and see that harmony and melody and the tonality of musical intervals are a universal mm-hmm. language of something lofty. And it will resonate and it can open the heart even
1: under the worst of circumstances for people. You know, you said that one of the telltale signs of maybe things are being a bit engineered is mass protests that bring out all, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, you know. I've also kind of noticed, I think, that a lot of positive protest movements end up writing a lot of songs to go along with their, with their movement. And movements that don't produce the best results seem to have a kind of a dearth of, of Musical uh, songs to accompany them. Well, there
2: probably is a correlation there because it cuts both ways. People yep. who are not on a divine path will be less inspired, less creative, and less able to tap into
1: divine music, which is where it comes from. Yeah, and we we know the interlopers don't really care for music to begin with. <laughs> well, this and is it, true. And it expl- you know, and you think, wow, what's music like on their world? Non-existent? And <laughs> you know, it seems shocking. You know, that, that's one of the, you know, so many things we've learned about uh, the ETs and their collective worlds. But the lack of culture in terms of art and artistic expression and music is probably the most shocking and the most depressing, to be honest with you.
2: Well, that's the, the, probably the biggest and most important where you can apply to the extraterrestrials. They're depressing. And yep. they're they're corrupt and they're yep. limited. Indeed. Their their lives are empty and hollow. And and they're dangerous because of it because they're psychopaths and they they just want power over anything and everything, including us because we're we're here, and they they
1: want to control us. Yep. we'll be back with a final segment of get with them right after this.
0: Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom, as we're looking at uh, what creator can tell us
1: about the hidden power behind slogans, chants, and protests, and cheers on top of everything else. Um, some interesting insights, uh, and we, we once again we're learning that uh, thoughts are things and not to be taken lightly. Yes,
2: we have an obligation and a responsibility for everything we say and do. Indeed.
1: U.S. creator Carl. Is prayer simply the addition of a target to which a collective expression is focused? Creator has said the world would change tomorrow if enough people asked for it. How can we marry this collective inclination to express ourselves with the needed entreaty to the divine? What would be the most effective prayer, slogan, chant, or anthem, say in 10 words or less, that would indeed save humanity if we could get people to say it with intention and entreaty to the divine? Something along the lines of, God, please heal everyone in the galaxy. Something that would could potentially go viral and really, really make a difference. What can creator tell us?
2: All right, and this is creator's answer. First of all, as described in various ways throughout this discussion, the intention needing to be mounted for such an utterance is all-important. To have a divine intervention and interaction with the physical realm to carry out a desired improvement of some kind, you must ask and you must ask us. Not simply meditate on the desired outcome alone with oneself or chanting a mantra of some sort about peace. If you want Creator involved, you must ask Creator. That is a simple but critical element in launching any outreach with the hope of getting assistance here. And that is truly what you need. It must be assistance of a divine nature and for the right purpose. So there is much humans can learn still about how to construct a prayer that can be effective. Most have little hope of doing much of anything, including many that are part of the liturgy and of organized religion. We have done much in the way of instruction based on cogent questions from your channel in how to go about prayer in a meaningful way that gets results. For any divine outreach, one must believe in the divine, first and foremost. Otherwise, the intention will be a phony one. Simply mouthing words with no conviction, anything will hear them that is real. If the belief is tentative and weak, Our response can only be tentative and weak because you are in charge of your world and not us. Everything is driven by your intention and that of your fellow beings, human and non-human. When you invite us, we always say yes if there is something positive and useful to be done. We will not sign on to do harm at your beck and call. You must also believe in yourselves that you are worthy of divine assistance and a true partnership, and that would make the enterprise the most effective it can possibly be. If you walk hand in hand with Creator, making an entreaty directly and forcibly from the heart with the strongest intention you can mount to call on us by name, And state clearly what you want to see happen and do so with conviction, purpose, and an expectation you will be heard and your request honored with a response. What needs to happen is for the interlopers threatening your world to withdraw. The way to dislodge them so you can heal from all they have done to you is to persuade them to leave without harming you first, to simply withdraw and let you be. So something simple that addresses this compelling priority is the best place to focus with a simple message. If you simply ask God to raise up all the beings influencing your world to open their hearts to love so they can be rewarded without harm to others, you will capture the essence of a strategy that can be successful in getting what you most need here.
1: So in true creator style, creator likes to leave up to us uh, the creative work. <laughs> and I invited creator to give us a slogan of 10 words or less. And- creator politely declined to do that precise thing but in this last sample of sentences he gives us the essence of what we need to fill in to make that work and uh, so our answer was emphatically our question was emphatically answered it just in terms of details creators leaving the creativity part up to us and i can see that quite powerfully here
2: well the key is holding the right intention and we Indeed. got the we got that key to what is most needed and that is a powerful insight yes it's it's, we've we've got somebody breathing down our neck and we've got to get them out of here before they do us in it's that simple we're not kidding about this unfortunately
1: and (laughs) and creators spent 90 percent of this answer talking about the intention behind the words you know that is really the intention where where all the energy comes from the words themselves are a Far less importance. It's the intention. So if you got to have belief, belief in yourself, yes. all these things. So that's it. Just reinforces right. what we've been coming up with all this time, and it's important. But you see,
2: it's not an attack. It's not a name-calling exercise. It's not a smearing campaign. It's not a um, you know we hate you get out kind of energy. It's raise up all who would harm us to open their hearts to love. So yes. they can be rewarded without harm to others. Exactly, it's that is a loving, divine way to handle a perpetrator. Help them to see the error of their ways and what it might cost them, and see a better path.
1: It's a better path than let's go, Brandon. <laughs> well, I, th- I think so. <laughs> you ask Creator. Can Creator share how empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol? can help bring about a more collective turning back to the divine.
2: All right, and this is what Creator tells us. The beauty of the Lightworker Healing Protocol is that it addresses all sources of negativity that can influence any of the players influencing the earth plane, including things human, non-human, and of a more material makeup, but containing consciousness just the same. The dark spirit beings and the extraterrestrials are your adversaries who have designs on you and your world, wanting you to be eliminated now that they want to be done with you and depart. It will require much healing to raise them up significantly enough to lower the level of hatred and negativity so they can withdraw without a parting shot. That would annihilate you as a species, thinking of you as a loose end and providing a neat way to unleash all their hatred they harbor in being racists who view humans as an inferior species. The healing of them required is multidimensional. It will require great intensity and a wide variety of approaches brought to bear in the best sequence and level of application among a wide variety of targets. Making the interlopers the priority is simply good strategy because they are the greater menace than your own degradation and corruption. In fact, your interlopers can corrupt you almost as quickly as you can heal yourself and recover. You are on a kind of treadmill in this fashion already and not advancing as you need to. To win this contest, you need more divine support and especially apply to enabling the interlopers to withdraw without worsening things further, but simply letting you be, perhaps as a future reward to them, coming back refreshed to have more fun, but sparing you in the meantime, which will enable setting things right completing the human healing needed to ascend when your future will be guaranteed to be a glorious one. You will not have to return to the physical and suffer and will not be at the mercy of depraved beings as you are presently. That is why it is such a challenge to get ahead so you have powerful beings who are depraved blocking your way. Only healing them can solve the problem. You do not need to make them high-functioning spiritual beings once again for that to happen. You just need to raise them up enough to moderate their bloodlust so they will see an advantage in withdrawing as they desire to do. But without the added trouble of carrying out an annihilation first and to see that as a win and not a lost opportunity to be vengeful. That somehow higher vibration they need to reach is doable if enough humans request the interlopers be healed to help save them and to save humanity in the bargain. Prayer as well as a rule here is many more will likely be able to mount a prayer campaign than learn to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Even though the protocol can be done by almost anyone, it requires more dedication and time commitment And not all are a good fit for that role, considering the starting point here, where even the religious have drifted away, in many cases, from their spiritual practice and almost need a reawakening. The tools are there and designed for this purpose, to prevail in the contest between good and evil, with you leading the charge. Creator is at the ready and will always say yes All who hear these words need to join in. It is that simple. The more who ask, the greater the divine intervention that will result. With so much at stake, there is no time to waste to promote the awakening
1: needed to get people on board and doing their part. Well, and Creator said earlier that uh, we need people to get on board because we're kind of on a treadmill right now. We have... There is a lot of people working uh, diligently in the regard to to help put prayers out there, put LHP sessions out there to help raise the interlopers. But Creator is saying more is needed. We need more. Yeah, we need everyone we can get
2: to reach out with their thoughts and their heart to the divine and ask for deliverance by raising up the perpetrators to see a better path that is a win-win for all involved. Yes. and That is truly a divine answer to strife, to um, warring, competing enterprises and groups of individuals. Yes. There is
1: a win-win always possible. Invectives and condemnations, it's not the divine way, you know. The divine way is to uplift. And again, Creator says, we're not talking about turning them into saints. That's, <laughs> that's a long way down the road for these folks. But uh, we hopefully can uplift them enough that they lose, take some of the edge off their bloodlust. And that's all that's needed, Carl. That's all that's needed.
2: Well, we work on the perpetrators with every session we do with the Lightworker Healing Protocol. And we have practitioners doing healing sessions for people. You can hire them to help you or a loved one. Help your whole family, clear your home of negative energies and entities, and deal with physical issues as well, and emotional problems of all kinds, bad habits. But in the same time we work on you, we work on the perpetrators in parallel. And that is what is
1: mounting the energy to clear things once and for all. And you can engage engage our practitioners by visiting GetWisdom.com and checking out our healing tab on our main menu. That's all we have for this week's Get Wisdom, Carl. Thanks a lot, everybody. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.